Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where pretty much anything goes. I've got lots of stories I want to share with you. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a new Netflix show I've been binging, which is called Love is Blind. I'm not a big fan of reality TV, but this one is quite interesting. It has a lot to do with some of the stuff we talk about like here on Passion. Plus, talking about um, smelling your lover's shirt, how that can improve your sleep. We'll find out about a study that shows that trans people may have a rare gene variant and a survey that shows that student loan debt discourages people from marriage, kids, and sex. But first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. So I got lots of uh, emails. I I was like showered with love from uh, some of our listeners. First, like a whole bunch of them uh, that I want to uh, share with you, which uh, I think we touched a lot of... uh, a lot of hearts this week with some of our shows, so I wanted to uh, to share some of those with you. Uh, and this, uh, a couple of them, in response to last night's show where we talked about abuse, abusive relationships, and we had uh, uh, Tanya uh, Zajdal, the author of *The Rabbi's Wife*, share her harrowing story, really, and how she overcame. And she was quite inspiring for a lot of people. So I did get some follow-up emails uh, and a poem from the Passion Poet, which I will share as well. Um, Loved your show tonight. Actually made my eyes a bit teary. Her voice was so energetic and positive, yet she went through what most would consider a nightmare. It is people like her and yourself who encourage those in difficult situations to seek help or at the very least escape. We need more Dr. Lori's and people like your guests tonight in the world. So... Thank you. That's very, uh, very, very sweet. And the Passion Poet says, What does one do when love goes wrong? The feeling of security is all but gone. The constant fights, bad comment exchange, it soon turns into a situation of rage. Neither seek help. Easier to just pack it in. You hire a lawyer. The end will begin. It could have been saved. Help, just a phone call away. Give Dr. Lori a chance. She may save the day. That's very sweet. And then some other emails that, uh, you know, sometimes... Here's the thing, like I answer a lot of questions and you know that I talk to you about all kinds of different issues, but I often don't hear the follow-up or did that piece of advice actually help or what happened to such and such a person who wrote in with a difficult situation, for example. So sometimes it's really nice when uh, people take the time to write to me and I, you have no idea how it warms my heart and how I appreciate it so much. So I want to share a couple that have come in this week uh, to that effect. Uh, Dr. Lori, last night's show was one of your best, but at the same time for me, one of the worst. Again, this was the show we did last night on um, domestic violence. Uh, Listening to your guest, I began to relive my nightmare. I was married to a Middle Eastern man. When we were dating, he was a very thoughtful, caring man. But soon after our marriage, it went bad rather fast. I was no longer allowed to go out myself and visit any friends. He worked evenings, and before he left for work, he connected a recording device to our home phone. We had an alarm system installed along with a camera surveillance 
oh my goodness, surveillance system with cameras set up both inside and outside our home. I realized I was a prisoner in my own home. He made me feel worthless with his verbal abuse. I can easily go on and on about things he did, but it was your show back then that gave me the courage to act. It was a show on abusive relationships, much like last night's show. The night after your show, I escaped. At 7 p.m., I called him at work to ask him what he would like to eat when he got home. The real reason I called was to make sure he was there and knew I had at least 30 minutes, the time it would take him to drive from work to home. I remember once him calling and I was asleep on the couch and did not hear the phone. He left work, came home screaming at me. I packed a small suitcase. I ran ran down the street and called a friend from a phone booth. Uh, He never gave me any money, so a taxi was not an option. My friend picked me up, and I secretly stayed at his home, hired a lawyer, and began divorce proceedings. It was a little more complicated than that. I tried calling in last night, but could not get through. Maybe better that way. I'm sure I would have broke down crying. I am not sure I would even be able to speak of it. I have realized I'm still traumatized and have not fully gotten over it yet. And taking this time during my lunch, I'm taking this time during my lunch to send you this and my eyes are full, but I am sure if it was not for your show that night, I do not know where I would be today. You gave me the strength and courage to save myself. No one knew what I was going through until after I got out. How do you thank someone for giving me a life back? Please be sure that the last two words come from the bottom of my heart and with lots of love and a big thank you. That is... Probably one of the nicest emails I think I've ever received from a listener and brought really brought tears to my eyes, I have to say. Thank you for that. Thank you, and I'm so happy you got out and saved yourself and are much stronger today. Thank you. Uh, another one. Uh, good day. I want to tell you how much I enjoy your show. The Baby Boomer Show was incredible. From the first question, what do you think baby boomers can teach the younger generation? And one of your guests replied everything. He could not be more right, and the show just kept getting better. The passions, Passion Poets uh, poem summed it up well. I'm sure many listeners would like you to have the Passion Poet on as a guest. <laughs> last night was another show that stood out above others. That was last night again. Your guest was an inspiration for all. These are the kinds of shows that keep myself and I'm sure many others tuning in at 10 at night to Passion. I have a friend in Vancouver who enjoys your show as well. Keep up the fantastic work. Again, another th- big, big uh, thank you. So, um And yet another one, (laughs) I don't know what's happening all of a sudden that all of these uh, thank yous are are coming in, but, uh, you know, I've shared those. I've shared the critical emails that have come through as well, so I don't uh, hold back on those either. Uh, Hello, Dr. Lori. I've been listening to your show semi-regularly for over 20 years. I am a mom of two grown-ups. I'm writing you because I never thanked you for helping me through my difficult divorce many years back. Your advice during my divorce was unquestionably helpful and I survived and got through it. You helped so many and asked for nothing in return. You are an angel. Thank you so very much for being there, not just for me, for everyone. Another sweet, sweet, sweet email. Thank you so much. Like this really, um, really brings tears to my eyes. And as someone else said, that email just brought tears to mine as well. These are, people are pouring their hearts out here. And I have to say, we have to honor that. And I I have 
nothing but incredible respect for uh, people that share their stories with us um, because they help others. Like we have to realize that, and I know I say this often, but this is a little bit like a, a helping community and hearing uh, many of these are inspiring to many of us, remind us that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that we can get past a lot of the hurts that we um, we experience. So these are just for me reminders and reminders to me of why I still do this night after night for the last 21 years and, and why I love, absolutely um, love what I do. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Kenny writes in, Dr. Laura, you do an amazing job. So thank you, Kenny from Saint Laurent who writes in. I appreciate that as well. Um, I do have more questions. Uh, if you, if you absolutely want a question answered tonight, I mean, I have a few more emails, but I, I'll save them for, for Monday. But if you have a, a, a question, a burning question or a question about burning, uh, you can, uh, you can text me right here, right now to 514-800. After 1030, we're going to play Dirty Minds, your chance to win a, uh, one month unlimited pass to 360 punch. That's on the West Island where you can find me every morning. So come and punch out with me, uh, that would be a, a lot of fun. So that's coming up. Plus, of course, many more stories uh, for you tonight that I want to share with you. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Well, tonight I'd like to share uh, some stories with you. Uh, pretty much anything goes tonight uh, on, on every Friday here on Passion. Plus, if you have any questions, uh, you can uh, send them in for me. Uh, so I have a little, uh, a little secret to share um, with you. It's not my secret to share, but I've been given permission to share. So people have been asking, and I get letters all the time, about this Passion Poet. Well, it turns out, uh, first of all, it's the, uh, the Passions Poet's name is Mark, and I never uh, met him. I never, he doesn't know any, like, I don't know anything about him, except for uh, recently on our Baby Boomer show, I invited him on, and he did not want to be outed as the Passion Poet that night, but he said I could say it um, now. So he was, uh, Mark was one of our Baby Boomers on uh, the panel and um, he he says I take no credit you and your show is my inspiration but you should take credit because your poems make people smile and I get letters regularly now and you're part of the show now so you are have become a regular staple of the show which is uh, and we've given you the name the passion poet so thank you for creating this new little segment for us uh, just like that so uh, we all appreciate you mark and uh, thank you very much for uh, taking the time and and thinking about these poems and, and sending them in so uh, all right has anybody seen the netflix show and i want to hear your thoughts about it uh, called love is blind it's a um it's a reality show you know one of those kind of dating reality shows whatever 
I usually hate reality shows. I have to tell you, I never watch them, but my daughter uh, forced me basically says, you must watch this mom and talk about this on the show. Uh, it's called love is blind. So basically the, the premise of the show is that there are six women and six men. They are not allowed to see each other. And for a week, they talk to each other through like they're they're placed in these pods they're called pods whatever they're just two rooms basically with a wall and they can talk to each other and they get to know each other and they they rotate around and then they connect to one particular one and they they build an emotional connection they've never seen what each other looks like but i have to tell you all six couples are pretty good looking like this there's from average to very good looking so um i don't know if they're told that ahead of time i'm not sure so and after basically after one week of uh, getting to know each other without ever seeing what they look like they um there's a whole bunch of them they fall in love and one asks the other, usually the guy who asks the, 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 the woman that he has chosen to marry him. They get engaged and only at that moment do they see each other physically. And then what follows is they end up, they take them, the show takes them to a resort in Mexico. And now they have to, they play, play out whatever, seeing each other in real life. Is there chemistry that go with it, etc. So it's interesting because it's like it's it really is blind dating and it has nothing to do with uh, with what somebody looks like, right? No swiping, no nothing. They're just they try they connect um, emotionally before before meeting. So I'm finding this very interesting because a lot of couples do this now, right? Like if you think about it, although they they end up seeing a picture and then developing like an online type of relationship and getting to know each other that way. And then they meet, but oftentimes there's a disappointment or I don't know what the difference would be, but anyway, I'm, I haven't watched the end of it. Some of the couples, once they are together at this resort, do not make it. So they, something happens, they learn. I'm not going to blow the whole thing for you, but uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's very interesting. Uh, somebody says it sounds like a longer version of the dating game show from the seventies. You know, I don't remember that show, but I don't remember if that also you, you did not get to see the person on, on that show, but I much prefer this. It's a bit more realistic than if you've ever seen naked dating. It's another show (laughs) where you pick somebody based on, basically they show you from the bottom up. And, and then they finally show you the face and this is where, you know, you get to choose somebody based literally on their body, which is, um, awful. But anyway, it's, it's pretty funny to, to watch, but that one's on a British network of some, of some sort. So love is blind. Check it out. Give me your, uh, your thoughts on that. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. All right, uh, let me share some research now with you. Um, in a new research from the University of British Columbia, they found that their study participants who were exposed to their partner's scent overnight experienced better sleep quality even though their partner was not physically present. They say our findings provide new evidence that merely sleeping with a partner's scent improves sleep 
efficiency. To capture body odor on the t-shirts, the participants' partners were given a clean t-shirt to wear for 24 hours. They couldn't use deodorant or body products, no smoking, no exercising, and no eating certain foods that could affect their body odor. And then they froze those t-shirts to preserve the um, their scent. Each participant was then given two shirts to place over their pillows without being told which one was which. They spent two consecutive nights sleeping with each t-shirt. Each morning they completed a survey of how well rested they felt. Their sleep quality was also objectively measured using uh, this sleep monitoring system. At the end of the study, the participants guessed if the shirts they had been sleeping with had previously been worn by their partner. And here's uh, what, what the researcher said. One of the most surprising findings is how a romantic partner's scent can improve quality even outside of our conscious awareness. The sleep watch data showed that participants experienced less tossing and turning when exposed to their partner's scent, even if they were not aware of whose scent they were smelling. The researchers say the physical presence of a long-term romantic partner is associated with positive health outcomes, such as a sense of safety, calm, and relaxation, which in turn leads to better sleep. By signaling recent physical proximity, the mere scent of a partner may have similar benefits. There you go. <laughs> Someone asked me, my question for you is with your practice, your show, conferences, etc., when on earth do you find time to binge watch? <laughs> You're right. Uh, so I, I'm a great multitasker, by the way, just want to say, uh, and I will binge watch while I'm doing other work. So I can be sitting down and preparing a conference and binge watching a show at the same time. Granted, I miss many parts because I'm Often I'm just listening to a show and not watching, so I'll glance over. Like I, I keep my iPad and I take it wherever I go, and uh, that's how uh, that's how I've been uh, been doing it. So for you <laughs> to find out how. Uh, let's see. I have a long distance partner. This person says I know he's the one because every time he visits, he leaves something that smells like him when he leaves. Not only do I sleep better, but my cat does too. Oh, okay. See. Let me know uh, if this works for you. I, I think it's, yes, I, I would say that uh, definitely s it, smelling a partner's scent, uh, someone you are attached to, does create a feeling of uh, safety because of the memory trigger, right, of that sense. Scents play a really, really important role in our lives, even when we are just not even consciously aware of some smells. Just think back, have you ever um, got a whiff of something or someone or a perfume or a scent and it brings you back years to maybe a, a, a previous person that you loved or something like that? So it does. Uh, someone asks, was Naked Dating a TV show or dating app? No, it's a Naked Dating. I'm, I don't know if it's called Naked Dating, but it is a TV show uh, out of uh, Britain. I, I saw it at my other daughter's home, and I think she has some, uh, I don't know, she gets some channel that she pays for that I don't get, so I, I don't have it here. But So I'm not 100% sure what channel it's on, but I'm sure you could uh, look it up. It's... Uh, is quite interesting and, and very revealing, uh, if you know what I mean. 
Uh, all right, this headline caught my eye. Survey, student loan debt discourages borrowers from marriage, kids, and sex. Did you know that millions of Americans shoulder a collective student loan burden of $1.56 trillion? That's nuts. Uh, so according to a new student loan hero survey, student loans cause many more cause many borrowers to think twice about marriage and having kids, while more than one-third of respondents said student loan stress is hurting their uh, sex life. About two in three borrowers who don't have children said their student loan debt and the increasing cost of college made them hesitant about having kids. And 68% of singles who had student debt said they were postponing marriage until after their student debt was uh, paid off. And 39% reported their debt made them less interested in having sex. And that number jumped up to 44% when looking only at millennials. Coming up, I'm going to mix some uh, politics and sexuality. I have stuff to tell you about Trump and Vladimir Putin. A couple of things that they said that uh, got my goat. So we'll talk about that coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. To the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's time to play Dirty Minds. Uh, We haven't played this in a while, but we are back to it. Uh, And you know how this goes. I give you three clues, three wonderful clues. Uh, They are uh, kind of dirty clues, but uh, the answer is not dirty, so I'm just letting you know. Uh, And uh, the first caller in... Nicole will be standing by to take your calls. The first caller through with the right answer will win a one-month unlimited pass to use at 360 Punch. And by the way, um, happening at there at this gym, 360 Punch on the West Island, we are starting, and I say we because myself, Laura Schaefer, who is a pelvic floor physiotherapist, and Coach Becky, who's a certified pre- and postnatal trainer, are putting together a five-week uh, course seminar. It's happening every Sunday in March in the afternoon, where we talk about pelvic floor strengthening and We are even going to be using uh, these weighted uh, balls that go inside the vagina, by the way. Uh, If you want to, you can choose to. But each course, uh, when you uh, sign up for it, you get your own box of balls provided by Lavana by Vivillo, which is a high-end, these high-end pelvic floor exercisers basically help you do Kegel exercises. But we're going to learn how to do them properly. And this is great for people who... uh, um, have, uh, you know, some urinary issues, you know, if you have to do the pee-pee dance every once in a while, if you want to improve your posture and core stability, if you want to increase your orgasmic potential, it's a women's only class. So if you are interested, you can email Becky at mindfuelsbody at gmail.com, mindfuelsbody at gmail.com, or email me directly to laurie at drlaurie.com. So we start that um, 
in March, and it's the every Sunday in March, starting there at the beginning of March. So hopefully you will be able to uh, to join us there. But right now, let me give you three clues. First caller through at 514-790-0800 uh, will win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch. Cher doesn't have one. Letterman has a long one. Leno has a short one. What am I? 514-790-0800. Hopefully you won't need more clues than that. I think it, I chose a pretty easy one to get the ball rolling for this week. So, um, again, it, call in if you know the answer. All right, Vladimir Putin, you know him, runs Russia, Russia's president. Uh, he said to a pool of reporters on Monday this week that he will not allow same-sex adoption or support marriage equality as long as he is president, which should be until about 2024. The comments were made at a press conference regarding a state-approved commission that will consider potential changes to the Russian constitution. Putin is supposedly trying to shape Russia's laws and constitutionality in a way that would allow him to maintain power after his current term ends. A reporter asked if a proposal that would add a line in the constitution defining marriage as a union between a man and a woman would be considered. Putin replied, we need only to think in what phrases and where to do this. While the question was about same-sex marriage, Putin's response focused on ruling on the potential of LGBTQ families being legal parents. He says, as far as parent number one and parent two goes, I've already spoken publicly about this and I'll repeat it again. As long as I'm president, this will not happen. There will be dad and mum. Putin's devout Orthodox Christianity faith is what's credited for influencing him to make decisions such as this. Under his control, Russia has remained an intensely unsafe state for our LGBTQ people. Homosexuality isn't outlawed, uh, but promoting LGBTQ propaganda such as pride events is punishable with prison time. Since 2013, you can't even legally talk about homosexuality Two children. Uh, LGBTQ people remain the target of bigotry within all levels of Russian society as well. Um, in fact, a college threatened to expel a student for having a pink phone case and subscribing to an LGBT page online. Uh, despite this, last fall, Putin claimed that his country isn't anti-LGBTQ. He says, we have been condemned for our alleged homophobia, but we have no problem with LGBT per persons. God forbid, let them live as they wish. Um, he did, however, claim that being pro-LGBTQ has come into conflict and made liberalism obsolete. So he says, one thing means another thing. I really don't know. Another text, as far as, as far as I know, a queer person being queer is still illegal in Russia. So you're probably right. I, I really, I have no idea how he says they are not uh, homophobic. I, I don't get it. But anyhow, uh, then you've got uh, Donald, Donald Trump on the other side of this. Um, Donald Trump said that he would be perfectly willing to vote for a gay candidate for president. He was interviewed by uh, Rivera, 
you know, Geraldo Rivera, um, and uh, who asked Trump on his uh, podcast, would Americans vote for a gay man to be president? And Trump replied, I think so. I think there would be some that wouldn't, and you know, I wouldn't be among that group, to be honest with you. He said that homophobia doesn't seem to be uh, hurting Pete Buttigieg. Is that how you pronounce his name? There would certainly be a group, you know this better than I do, there'd be a group that probably wouldn't, but you and I would not be in that group. And Rivera said, we would not. In a June 2019 uh, Ipsos poll, 34% of Americans said they would be less likely to vote for a gay candidate. And a 2015 Gallup poll found that 74% of Americans said they would vote for a gay presidential candidate. So I don't know what, what the difference is there. Um, in that same Gallup poll, 92% of people said they would vote for a black person or a woman, even though there has never been a female U.S. Um, president. So uh, this article says hypothetical questions about voting for an LGBTQ candidate or a black candidate or a woman put identity in a vacuum, ignoring barriers that women and minority candidates face like increased voter scrutiny, deferring uh, media coverage and institutional barriers within the Democratic and Republican parties. (laughs) I don't know why this person says there is still a man ruling a country like in shouting mode. Uh, Okay, yes, there is. Uh, Have you ever been to a few states in the Bible Belt? Oh, yes, I know. I know what goes on in the Bible Belt. Uh, You're right. Uh, someone else, uh, well, I'll share more texts coming up anyhow, but, um, then, so Donald Trump said that, and then he says something else about, uh, making fun of somebody, uh, for, because of LGBTQ, uh, stuff. So I'll share that with you. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Congratulations to Rachel of uh, DDO who won the answer or who won Dirty Minds. I'm so happy you live on the West Island, which means uh, I'll see you at 360 Punch, which is uh, right near Aris and that whole uh, in that parking area right before that, actually on the 40. Uh, so here are the clues again. Cher doesn't have one. Letterman has a long one. Leno has a short one. I am a last name. That was an easy one, wasn't it? A couple more texts. Let's give Trump just a bit of credit. He had Stormy Daniels. Clinton had to settle with Monica Lewinsky. That's not nice. But in all fairness, Pierre Trudeau had Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Um, Another text says, I've been told that in Russia it might not be illegal to be gay, but even showing any form of affection to your partner in public is considered spreading propaganda and therefore an arrestable offense yeah that's that's what i made of of what they were saying there which is pretty crazy um and here's a a, another sad situation of abuse but again inspirational at the age of 16 i got involved in an abusive relationship with a man five years my senior it was my first long-term relationship lasting over a year and the one wherein i lost my virginity which was one of the major reasons why i felt compelled to stay and although both the verbal and physical abuse occurred on a regular basis landing me in the hospital several times where being escorted by my abuser, I was forced to lie about my injuries. I kept on forgiving him nonetheless every time he promised never to hurt me again, until one day when despite my strong, illusory feelings of being in love with him, I managed to muster the courage and strength to run away and never look back, and ever since, never gave anyone 
the power to ever victimize me again. Bravo, really. I'm so happy that you learned a lot from that and that you got away. Wonderful. Uh, so another little uh, Trump thing. So on the other side, I don't know if you heard about this new book by Lachlan Marquet and Asawin Subsangs, um, Sinking in the Swamp, How Trump Mi- Trump's Minions and Misfits Poisoned Washington. That's the name of the book. It bills itself as an eyewitness account of how the Trump administration brought an unprecedented awfulness to Washington in the form of charlatans, conspiracy theorists, ideologues, and run-of-the-mill con artists who were given powerful political jobs. An excerpt released in advance discusses Trump's dislike of MSNBC host Katie Turr, then she was a correspondent for NBC News. She interviewed him just after he announced his campaign in 2015 and asked some hard questions about foreign policy, setting off years of insults at campaign rallies where he would refer to her as a third-rate journalist and little Katie. Trump famously loves giving out nicknames, and several sources told the authors that his nickname for tour is the Biatch with the Tranny Dad. That's what he said. Katie Tour's biological father is Emmy Award-winning journalist Zoe Tour, who, who transitioned in 2013. She has been critical of Donald Trump, calling him a fascist and mentally ill. Uh, so uh, that's very interesting. Anyway, hmm. What people will say. And speaking of uh, more in more LGBTQ news, uh, a new peer-reviewed study may have found genetic differences relating gender identity and brain development, saying that many transgender people know their gender gender identity at a very young age. The researcher says we thought that there was almost certainly a biological component to gender identity. This the study published in Scientific Reports sequenced the DNA of 17 transgender women, 13 transgender men, and 88 cisgender people and compared them. The subjects were all over 18 years old and all of the transgender participants self-identified as transgender and were diagnosed with gender dysphoria, the distress that comes from feeling that one's gender identity and sex assigned at birth are not the same. They looked for variations in the DNA of the transgender subjects that weren't present in the cisgender subjects, and after eliminating a lot of the variants from their analysis, they found 21 very rare variants in genes, genes that were common among the transgender people in the study, but not found in the cisgender uh, participants, on 19 different genes associated with sexual differentiation in the brain. The study authors stressed that they were not looking for and did not find a one transgender gene. They say like many human traits, gender identity is unlikely to result from the variation of a single gene. Notably, even the binary categories of transgender male and transgender female are not sufficient to describe all members of the gender expansive community with some individuals, for example, self-describing as gender non-binary or agender. So rather than being tied to a variation within a single gene, an individual's gender identity is more likely the result of a complex interplay between multiple genes as well as environmental and social 
factors. While in some individuals a single genetic variant may be sufficient to result in gender dysphoria, it does not follow that that particular variant would be necessary or sufficient to cause gender dysphoria in the population at large. So basically they did this study to help people understand themselves, but also to understand that um, it could influence how transgender people are also uh, seen. This is not a choice. This, uh, I mean, this just shows that it's not a choice and they want to counter the discriminatory narrative that gender identity is somehow um, a choice. So the study supports a growing body of research that shows that prenatal hormone exposure influences gender identity and expressions. Um, not that there's anything you could do about it. Uh, and while finding a biological origin to gender identity could lead to increased acceptance of transgender people, we should not need medical diagnoses to seek acceptance and provide help. Accepting people's differences at the condition that some biological factor is found as a cause of that difference is a distorted idea of acceptance, which is uh, said by a bioethicist. Uh, last text of the evening, I work with several Russians, Ukrainians, and adjacent countrymen, and they, along with their president, share the same homophobic thoughts evidenced by their crude comments. And so much of it is, um, it is a, a propaganda, right? Propaganda going the other way, unfortunately, where you're raised in this kind of environment of non-acceptance and this, in this homophobic society that, and you grow up there from, you, you hear this stuff from when you're very young. So you absorb all of this. And if you're not given any education, you're not allowed to talk about it. No one's allowed to talk about it. Well, then you're going to have a very skewed version or vision of, uh, of the world. And you're certainly not going to be open to diversity. That's for darn sure. I, for one, am happy I live here. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for, uh, your letters tonight and your, your text messages. Thanks to Nicole for doing an outstanding job tonight. Thank you to Linda DeLisi, our passion researcher. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you can find, uh, all the past podcasts of the show. If you didn't hear last night's show, I would uh, urge you to, to hear it at least the second half of the show where you can hear my guest talking about uh, domestic violence. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend, and remember to live your life with passion. Love in Montreal City.